Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Capital Sports 2.0. We are, of course, we're doing the audio and the video. Uh, so if you see that my lips are moving faster than the words, that's just because of the audio uh, not being as fast as video. Anyway, folks, we have a very, very packed show this evening. We're going to do it nice, short and sweet like a donkey's gallop. What are we going to talk about? Well, very, very simply, we're going to start off about Liverpool. Not should they win the league, not should we just hand it a title, but what they have done quite badly in terms of especially PR and just being kind of a bit nasty. We'll also say that West Ham, Michael, did something quite nice. So we'll, we'll look at that. Of course, we know that yesterday, Istikol, they were the champions, the uh, Tajikistan Super Cup champions, like we predicted, like Double M predicted. He's not with us tonight, but he did call it uh, yesterday, if you heard the audio and you got through that. So again, they won last year the League Cup double in Tajikistan, <coughs> beating uh, Hujand 2-1. Okay, what else do we have? We have the virtual Grand National, Grand National Horse Race, that took place. We're going to have a chat with, about that. And of course, with us right now to talk about it, to start it all off, we, of course, we have the Editor-in-Chief of Heart of Football, Mr. Andrew Flint. He's all the way out in Tumen. Andrew, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad, Alan. How are you? Good, surviving. Jesus was arrested in Moscow I'm still not in jail yet. Uh, and, of course, we go all the way to Dublin to our regular uh, contributor, our legal legal, Isil Cody. Isil, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And how is Simba? He is currently asleep on the floor, all not right. interested in anything I have to say. <laughs> well, we won't wake him up. We won't wake him up. Um, Isil, we, we've been talking with Andrew and the boys, of course, how things are. Um, what's lockdown like in Ireland at the moment? Um, I think we're all adjusting quite well to it here in terms of people seem to be, for the very most part, complying. It was a little less compliant when it was kind of more informal. So now that we've been told, look, you need to lock this down, um, people are taking it quite seriously. And I suppose the big thing here is, unfortunately, it has been the spread of corona here has been largely around a large number of nursing homes. So I think it's pitting home to people, the number of vulnerable people. So look, we're going a little crazy. I measured the walls of my own house with an app the other day to check they weren't moving in. But apart from that, we'll all get through it. Okay. My life. We'll do our best to survive together. So we're gonna, um, Andrew, we're going to start off uh, with you. Um, Liverpool made a, quite a serious gaffe when they've asked the UK government to pay 80% of their non-playing staff's wages. Now, the players... Uh, as you know from the English PFA, they have not, they've been, they're not taking cuts just yet. Now, we know in Russia, a lot of uh, coaches like Valery Karpin, who's just had his fourth child, fourth daughter of all, uh, born yesterday. Congratulations, Valery. Um, and he's taken a pay cut. A lot of coaches have taken pay cuts. Uh, and also, playing, non-playing staff have also been looked after by mind of clubs as well. I know personally the locomotive are continuing to pay people in full so they haven't dropped anything at all but Liverpool made a huge gaffe so tell us about that and also about this uh, the mm. PFA statement as well Andrew. I mean the, I mean I'll start off first it's very important to make it very clear they are far from the only club to take advantage of the furloughing system where they are uh, effectively <clears throat> being bailed out for what is actually a pitiful amount of money and this is the part that I find really distasteful it's a difficult time for everybody and football club are businesses just because they have huge amounts of money coming in and probably more going out for most clubs it doesn't mean that they aren't still businesses they got it they employ thousands of people um but 
they are they are applying for this along uh, Spurs are doing this um, Newcastle are doing this as well um, and they are not the only ones if you actually look into the finer details of how much money we're talking here you've got to remember this is up to two and a half thousand pounds a month that's what per the maximum that you can claim for this furlough scheme it's going to save them less than a million pounds a month and their wage bill of all staff is 25 million pounds a month um because obviously the playing staff is a huge amount it goes against the odds of the whole ethos they've built up and i'm not saying for a second it's not a genuine ethos they care about the working class people that's the ethos of their club and then they go and do something like this and, you know, you look at the owners, um, you've got uh, owners of clubs have m- hundreds of millions and billions of pounds in some cases. And yet they're asking to be bailed out by the taxpayer for what is actually a, a marginal sum in the grand scheme of things. And, and I just find it very distasteful. I mean, I, it, I, I agree with that. I mean, Liverpool of all the teams, all the clubs, I would have been, uh, unlike Andy Mack, I'd be quite happy to see them win the Premier League. I mean, they're, they're a club that, they represent a lot of good. They've been through some tough times. Uh, they've done some not so, such good things as well. I mean, we talk about Hillsborough, we forget Heysel. And it was, okay, there was equal blame on both the uh, Juventus fans and the Liverpool fans. Huge amount of blame on the uh, UEFA and the Belgian authorities for playing in a falling down stadium. So there's no two ways about that. The Liverpool fans charged and were pushing the wall down on top of the UEFA fans. Now, they skated away from that. They were terribly traded with Hillsborough. Um, Liverpool has had more damage done to them. And Liverpool as a city has been more damaged. So this seems a step maybe too far, but there's a, a kind of a real, real bang of Americanism on this, or, 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 or maybe I'm, I'm reading this wrong. Well, I think I'm actually very surprised that uh, Liverpool owners, um, the, what's it, the Fenway Sports group um i'm very surprised they've actually done this because they've actually struck me since they've taken over as very aware of the importance of the connection between themselves and the fans and um, far far more impressively than a lot of other owners and um, you know i i, I really i I'm a, i know my allegiances with manchester united this is not an attacking liverpool specifically it's the owners specifically not the players jordan henson has done a huge amount raising money for the nhs just like harry Maguire has said for manchester united star and this is what I think is so blazingly obvious. The best way around to do it is this. Player salaries are very high, but they are contributing a huge amount of tax. £200 million worth of tax a year comes from premiership footballers' salaries. So the way around to do it is don't change the salaries, but encourage the players to donate, which is what Manchester United players are doing at the moment. I'm not for a second laying any blame with players. And as far as I'm concerned, no football player needs to take a pay cut. But they should, I think, donate what they can. Um, And that's the way around to do it. The government doesn't lose tax money and there's goodwill all around. No, that's a good point. Isil, kicking off to you, as a lawyer, I mean, my contract doesn't have to do anything. Um, But we know your, your club, Spurs, I mean, they also are looking to take advantage of this scheme. But there are also players uh, who are giving back. There are players who are giving back and helping out and so on. Um, should this, in mor- morality, are players obliged at this time to hand part of their salary to other people within the club or to in the community? Two kind of aspects on this. Um, I would suppose my first thought would be that no one 
should ever follow the lead of Dan Levy in terms of behavior. If that's your moral compass, how Dan Levy approaches spending or how he approaches football spending, stop and think about it. From the point of view of footballers' contract, um, so in terms of their rights, you could argue this is force majeure. So it's essentially an act of God. It's outside their control. What does that, what impact does that have on their contract? Um, from their point of view, there's a willingness to work. They are prevented from working as a result of legislation. So they can't go and play. In terms of donations they would make, and I'm not, this is not casting aspersions on footballers whatsoever. It's a good thing to do both from a moral point of view and often from a financial point of view. Okay, so if, if we... I don't like hearing arguments made. Oh, I was going to say, the one thing I don't like seeing is arguments made about footballers being such huge contributors because we've all seen in the past how many footballers have very clever schemes where their money is going offshore and it's not necessarily going to where people think it is. But at the same time, I think we're seeing a huge amount. We're seeing, um, actually, to speak of Man United, Rashford, I think, 20 million. Um, yeah, he's, he's contributed... Um... It, well, he's not actually put huge sums of money, but he's helping feed the younger children with the, he's, I think it's about yeah, the scheme is, he's helping. The scheme is basically, well, whatever way he's contributing, they've raised through that charity. And I think there might be other footballers who mm-hmm. feed the families. It's like, the funding is huge. The In terms yeah. of from a feel-good factor, yes, there's a sense of pulling in together. If footballers aren't taking pay cuts, then there are other ways they can get back to their communities and I think that actually is a very good point that that's something to look at footballers are in a different position to let's say premiership rugby players in the UK those clubs are going to be financially ruined with the lack of gate receipts Liverpool if there aren't people coming in through the doors into Anfield that's not going to bankrupt them comes like in Russian clubs comes from a single like the city or Gazprom for example or Luke Oil or whoever it is a single funder uh, English clubs is coming from um, the well Sky or media. Yeah. Rugby clubs, for example, in Ireland as well, is coming from a central pot. And I heard today as well the GAA look like they're going to have a sixty million shortfall this year or starting next year. Uh, so that's 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 horrific for uh, for these organisations that depend on gate receipts, depend on hunters coming through, and that the players aren't on these huge amount or like. I don't know. It's 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 a very very tough one. I mean, uh, bring up actually just one thing about footballers. Uh, the news that broke today about Kyle Walker. Have you guys heard it? Yes. Okay. Board. Social distancing goes wrong in Kyle's house. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! Himself and his friend, just so people know, himself and his friend, they uh, brought to uh, workers. Uh, ladies of the night or whatever. Well, they said sex workers, but they didn't say they were men or women. So I presume they're women. Um, and they came to his house um, for whatever work, some sex party, according to the son. And he's been made to apologize for it. And there's an investigation under underway now, or will be underway from Man City. Um, is that common in Manchester, Andrew? Well, uh, with two women, possibly not. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. It's... Um how do I how do I put this? I mean, some people just don't use their brains, shall we say? Now, using sex workers, if that is your choice, that is entirely up to you. As far as I'm concerned, it's none of my business. But to do it when you are in the public eye, there is absolutely zero chance that this is not going to get out. 
even if we were not in the middle of a global pandemic crisis like this, even without that, it's it's idiotic beyond belief. You just yeah. simply are not going to get away with it. Um, but when you add in the, you, I mean, we we laugh, we shouldn't laugh, but I mean, the social distancing, it's it's going to get hung around your neck. I don't honestly, I don't understand how you can be. If we look at so like fake. in the last week alone, from Kyle Walker's point of view, just from a basic intellect, we had Jack Grealish had to come out and apologise yeah, for his and you're just going. People know you; they see you. Like sex workers aren't generally known for their discretion in certain circumstances. Like tabloid newspapers. Like think about this for a second, Kyle. And as a Point, people are going to be annoyed by your breaching of the guidelines if you're going to go meet your friends then add yeah. in that level and you just go like <laughs> I, hope Man- yeah. I hope Manchester City decide to find him heavily and give the money to charity and make that their way of making an example of him well, you know so I think I think this is a good example that is a very easy way for good PR and quite frankly I don't care if that's the only reason why they do it it does not matter you can, they can come out of this the right way around. It's about the actual activity itself. It's the stupidity and lack of thought. Yeah. If, he can be, if he can be honest and open about it and City can get some good PR, everybody wins. Let's move on and let's actually deal with what we really need to be discussing rather than silly mistakes like this. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. Listen, look, we're, going, we're going to have to move on quick because uh, we're running out of time. So uh, before we go about the Grand National, I just want to say a quick hello to Alex B. Alex, how are you doing? Howdy. I'm fantastic. How are, how are you? Good, you look fresh and you look kind of like a, a geisha girl. Okay. Oh, because oh, I have the sunshine on my face. Sorry. There you go. Sorry, I, I, I just... Alex, okay. Alex, you've been called many things, but I very much doubt you've ever been called a geisha girl. Yeah, that, that is a new one, that is a new one. I, 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 I believe I believe back in Moscow it was the Spice Boys, was it not, Alex? And now <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. I, 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 I think it's a turn. I, I, I think, Alan, you should be under the spotlight at this point. These names just You never know to what it's going to be when you're yeah, in the I, I have to stop coming up. I just, sometimes like I just, these names pop into my head and when they go pop into my head on air, it's a disaster. But anyway, um, we're very, very quick. Um, we're going to run around because, because we also, we have uh, one questioner coming in as well. One viewer coming in to ask a question. But uh, Isolt, before we come back to you, Alex, Isolt, the Grand National, the virtual Grand National was run off um, a minute to kick them because this is capital punishment in its yes. finest. Why should that not have taken place and what was wrong with it? Okay, so let me go with my favourite topic, gambling and how gambling companies operate. Cheltenham has managed to help spread COVID-19 by going ahead. What they have essentially done here is they've taken advantage of people who, like all of us, are sitting in our home. People who already probably have an addiction to gambling. They have no other form of outlet unless they're watching Belarusian football, which they may be. What else are they betting on? The only other thing they can bet on is virtual games and a virtual Grand National. Yes, they donated money to the NHS. What they also did was these same people will need the NHS facilities in years to come as a result of gambling addictions. But the bookies only care about one thing. And I just think it's really sad that people tuned in to watch a virtual horse race. No. Like, I'm going to put a saddle on my dog and send him up and down the corridor for half an hour and find it much more interesting. <laughs> well, look, I, I'm with that. Um, wanting, like, Alex, okay, I'm not going to talk about horse racing. Um, you spoke about Billy Joe Saunders. Now, Isolt is our boxing expert. 
you gave Billy Joe Saunders a kick in the other day. Can you explain to Eastwood why you gave him a kick in? I wish a woman. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, obviously it was a joke, so it wasn't as bad as um, as initially one would be. But at the same time, it's kind of not really something to be joking around because there are people who, like you know, suffer from domestic violence and stuff. So it's really not something to that he should have. What's his fault that he should have made a joke about? That's what I think. Watch Teresa Shields' video response to him. It's brilliant. Oh, okay, Alex, that's what you have to do. Um, okay, Alex, quick one before, because we're, we're going to bring in a, a questioner right now. Um, Alex, a simple question for you. Uh, with, at the moment, who have you got for capital punishment? Who would you like to punish? At the moment, um, I would like to punish um, the entirety of the... Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, yet again, because why not? Okay. It's always... <laughs> like, I, I can look it up right now, and there's going to be something that they did, that they did wrong. There's just... Okay. Actually, you know what? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Yeah, kick Vince. Well, Vince did bring us uh, XFL, so yeah. that's... that's I'll, I'll, I'll give him away with this, so... Uh, like, one would argue that that's actually a good reason to take him to Capital Punishment. <laughs> yeah. He's a big man, though, I'm afraid of him. Okay, listen, we have uh, going to Boz to Derek Cantamoya. Derek, uh, yeah. how are you doing? You're joining us from Lockdown Central, I believe. Yeah, yeah, lockdown. Fully lockdown. <laughs> listen, you have a question. Who, who have you got a question for? It's about Liverpool, I believe. I don't know. It's for everyone, I guess. But my okay. question is like, because uh, I've been hearing rumors that uh, this lockdown and everything will be like a minimum of three months. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering, like, what's the best way to end the Premier League? Do we have to, is it ending it like that Liverpool gets the league or canceling it like people? What's, what's, what do you think, your opinions and what do you think is the best way? To Great question, Derek. Okay, I'm going to go straight to Alex B. Alex B, in 30 seconds, how should the English Premier Football League finish off? Should they follow the NHL or what should they do? Uh, absolutely. They should go on lockdown and then have like a giant sort of uh, big playoffs like they're doing in the NHL. So they're going to have, so they should have every team in the playoffs this season. Okay, just a straight knockout like we said, a cup format. Right. Okay. Isolt, 30 seconds. What do you reckon? What to do? Knockout as well. I think it'd be cruel to just cap the season. Do something. Give, give Liverpool an opportunity to manage to lose it at the end. Okay, Andrew, for you. I was going to say something different, but that is actually a tantalising prospect. We give them a 50-50 chance of losing it. I'm going to, I was going to say, look, let's have a fest of football, cram a few games in together and just have a burst of action. But I like I like the knockout better because um, I do think the season needs to finish somehow. I definitely not cancelling yeah. it all together. Derek, do you agree? Um, with so a playoff sounds good. Derek, it sounds good. It's the first time I'm hearing such an opinion, but it really sounds good. Okay, good. Can you get me? Yeah, loud and clear. And that's listen. Yeah, it sounds good. That's important. Perfect. Listen. Derek, thanks to you. We have less than a minute to go, uh, so uh, and we don't have injury time, sadly. So what we're going to do is we're going to say goodbye for now. We'll do a little bit ex. We'll do a little bit extra after this goes off the air and stick it up on the audio pod. So uh, I'll go quickly and just say thank you very much, Andrew Flint. Most welcome. Lisa Cody, thank you very much as always. Thank you very much. Alex B, thank you very very much. Thank you for having me.
And Derek and Dwight, thank you for jumping in at the very end to give us the, the most interesting question of the whole show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Derek. So, folks, that's it for uh, Capital Sports 2.0. Uh, we'll be back, as I said. We'll be back with a little bit extra quite soon. And, um, again, thanks a million. Stay safe and uh, keep it sports. <laughs>